Okay. We're going to be in Parshas Chayasura. We'll do the second mimer, Parshas Chayasura. You know that? Oh, I mean. All right. Again. Okay. Do you want to look at what the office Toward the end of Chayasura, the Torah says, V'yitzchak ba mibo. Yitzchak came from coming, Be'er l'chai ro'i, from Be'er l'chai ro'i, the name of that place where the Malach appeared to Hagar. V'hu yoshev Be'er t'hai and he was dwelling in the land of the south. Yitzchak went out to Davin in the evening. That's what the Chachamim understand this to mean, to Davin. In the field, toward evening, he was Davin Mincha. He lifted up his eyes and he saw, and behold, there were camels coming. Rivka lifted up her eyes and she saw Yitzchak and she leaned herself down from the camera. Okay. Let's take a look at the second mimer in Chayasura. The Yitzhak Bo is a word missing. Should say, should say Ba Mi Bo. Be'er Lachai Mi Be'er Lachai Ro'i. Yeah, Ba Mi Bo Be'er Lachai Ro'i. Those are the psukim that we just read. The Torah always teaches us a way to serve Hashem. And specifically, there's a famous klal, the principle that whatever the avos did is a simon, is a sign for that, for their children. Whatever the avos did somehow pertains to us, and we live through what they lived through. And to understand from this story some type of hint and a lesson to serve Hashem. As we pointed out, that's how the Peleoit always begins his mimer. What is it about this story that teaches us something about how we can serve Hashem in the here and now, in the present? It's written in the Torah earlier, Vayihi Erev, Vayihi Boker, and it was nighttime, and it was morning, Yom Rishon, Yom Sheni, etc., I'm sorry, Yom, Yom Echad, Yom Sheni, in Bereshit. So what do they learn from this concept, Vayihi Erev, Vayihi Boker? Shayom Nimshuch Achar Halayla. The day is drawn after the night. It's not just a sequence that the Torah is recording, but it's telling us that whatever happens at nighttime has a certain influence on what happens the next day. So that's, it's nimshah, it means the day follows, it's affected by the night which precedes it. Vaharashis hu, what is the very beginning of the Jewish day, if we think about it? Jewish day begins at nighttime. So the beginning of our day is Kriya Shema Tefilah Arvin, saying Shema and Davni Mara, which preferably is at the beginning of the nighttime, if possible. Shetzorach Adam B'zos HaTefilah L'sakein Ma'ashab Hogam Bayam 
Eliyahu says that in this tefillah of Marav, one must masakain, rectify anything that they hurt or that they uh, affected negatively during the day. And the tefillah of nighttime is masakain what occurred the day before. Now, specifically, Peleoetz writes, to lift up, right, to elevate all of the pleasures, and kisufin means the things that we long for, that we desire, that we love, which our heart desired within the realm of the physical pleasures of this world. In other words, pleasures and loves that were not attached to Avodah Hashem. Something that we were attracted to and that we were drawn to that's not related to our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch We loved something other than God. That doesn't mean to say one can love people and close friends, but there needs to be a direction and a purpose to that of Avodah Hashem. So all of those that during the daytime one got involved in, they can be lifted up and fixed in Tfilas Marav on the night which follows that day. Now what happened when we were attracted to things besides Avodah Sashem? We brought down sparks of holiness into the realms of evil, of Sitra Ahra. Now what this means is this, that any time a person does something, we direct our energy to that thing. We have an interaction with a person or with the world, we have directed our energy, our energy toward that. Spiritually, any time we direct energy somewhere, there are certain sparks of Kedusha that we have because we're Eden, we're Jewish people. Everything we do has some connection to Kedusha that we have. If we misdirect our energy, then we're taking those sparks of Kedusha, which are latent within us, and we're directing them into a situation where they don't rightly belong. So for example, in the area of love or desire, attraction that could be directed to Avodos Hashem if it's directed not to Avodos Hashem then the sparks of Kedusha that are related to that involvement of love or attraction are now descended they've been brought down into areas where they don't belong as he says into the realm of the Sitra Achra that's the general concept that he's talking about and that occurs if we are engaged in things pot that are, are not related to our relationship with Hashem. Through an, an authentic teshuva and an authentic regret for what we've done and misdirecting our energies, we can actually lift that kedusha out of the place where we brought it and lifted back up into the realm of Kedusha. So Teshuvah is not only fixing us, but the energy that we directed somewhere where it doesn't belong 
it gets taken out of that place and brought back into its rightful place of Kedusha. And that occurs when we dive in Marav. For everything that happened during the day, Marav lifts it up into its rightful place. Just hold on a second, I'll get to the... I'm sorry, I just want to finish the, the thought here, and then I'll get to some questions. Ulazen nikra tefilas arvis. That's why it's called arvis, or marav, with the word erev inside it, ayin reish base. Shehu lashon iruv. It's a lashon of being mixed together. Shema'arev hayom im halayla. Because it joins, it blends the daytime with the nighttime. That's why it's called marav. Meaning it took the misdirected energies of the day and it lifts them upward at night. That which we did wrong by day, we can fix it up at nighttime. To fix up during this mar of tefila with shman shman esrei, that which we did during the day. Now, each of the davenings that we daven corresponds to something that happened on the Mizbeah. Chakras corresponds to the Korban Tumit of the morning. Mincha corresponds to the Korban Tumit of the afternoon. Marav corresponds to the burning up of the leftover fats and limbs from the daytime Korbanos. You burn them up at nighttime in the Mizbeah. That's what Marav corresponds to. And that's called the Avorim and the Pedorim, the limbs and the fats, Shel Korbanos Hayom, Shehem Miskarvin Belayla Al HaMizbeach, Hu Kimivur Bedivei Razal. These leftover limbs and fats from the day are burnt up at nighttime, as our Chachami teaches. Hu Meramez Lanu Bezeh, Avorim U Pedorim, Meramzem Al Bechinas Hanoos Vekisufin Shenilkad Bayom, this hints to taking those extraneous, like the fats, you might say, of the day that went somewhere else, bringing them on the Mizbeach of Teshuvah at nighttime. Because those fats and limbs on the Mizbeach is left over from the Korbanus of the day. Likewise, our Tefillah of Mariv is the leftover misdirected facts, you might say, of our behavior during the day that we can do teshuva for and lift it up. Hema miskarvin balayla al ha They get lifted up by nighttime at Marav during Shema and Shema Nesra. So that's the end of the first idea, so I'll just go with your questions. Okay. 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 Are we saying this happens automatically? Are we saying you have to have kavana of what you've done during the day? I would say it occurs on different levels, that if a person davens marav and <coughs> knows they're davening marav, then this occurs on some level. However, if a person is aware of this and is thinking about this tikkun, then it has a greater impact. So that teshuva does occur by davening, it occurs in a greater way if your awareness of it is greater. That's why Marv starts with the Rahim. About being Mechaper for the Avonis. I feel like right after Yom Kippur, you still say that thing, even though you just went through the process of right. Yom Kippur, right. because perhaps your mush was quicker than Marv. Right. 
Which does happen. So. Yeah, it does happen every year. Well, after some point, you don't say who will come after Shabbos or That's why I ask this so often in shorts. They go, tomorrow. Which is all right. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't affect this. As long as the person is dominating the Mars Fila, it's okay. Which one? Which one? This opening, the window right over there. <laughs> yeah, not you, though. <laughs> not that one. The, the one the, to the right of my chair, just about six inches. Or so. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yes, Josh. would have to be the second for my chalik of it. Even though that they accepted it in a way which attached it to a Bodhis Hashem, but I've got to take care of my, my chalik. on the person's, uh, you know, actions. I, w I would have to say that almost anything we do needs some kind of a tikkun because we always have room to improve. But more specifically, even if you don't have that das during the daytime, if a person lives, lives their life in a way where they are oved Hashem, so they're going to work, they're in a parnasa, they get there, they behave like a mensch at work, they get their paycheck, support their family, give tzedakah, then what happened during their work is inevitably shown to be for the purpose of Avodah Hashem as well. What I would say is that it needs just a little more consciousness than being on automatic. And it's good to think about it, even briefly, that my, my purpose in going to work serves a higher purpose. And even if it's that one thought alone, I think that's, that would be a very good thing. Duh? The Broncos are playing, or no? <laughs> yeah, otherwise, I can't really relate to it. depends. You know, you know, if that excitement is the product of the person's appreciation, let's say, of his trade, 
and then he's excited to get that drill and he's going to use that in, as part of his trade. And then his trade is related to his Avodas Hashem that it earns his Parnasa. Then I would say it's all part of the same continuum and it fits in. But if that excitement is really outside of its boundaries and it's more like serving the trade for the trade itself, you know, then then it becomes detached from Avodas Hashem. I think you have to follow the line and see where it leads to and look at that excitement and see, is it just about, you know, me and my trade or is it about that my trade and I serve a higher goal? And if it is, then that excitement, I think, is in its rightful rightful place. One has to analyze it. First of all, that could be just Bittel's mind altogether. <laughs> I mean, that... <laughs> Please don't pass the word. Not as I said could, right? Let, let's say, in general, entertainment. Right? Entertainment, right? So it certainly has its place. It can give a person a, a feeling of simcha or yishuv hadas or just a feeling of being enjoying something. And that helps in a modus Hashem. But... I think we have to be careful, especially in our society, which is so entertainment-oriented that it's completely overboard, and it, it really takes people away from more important things in life. So I put that in, in that category. It's conversation just entertainment. <laughs> Nisan? Trying to uh, understand this concept of it, not only during Mara, we, we achieve this picture of our actions, but it also draws the, the, the negative energy away from the, the places into which our, our, our actions cause energy to be directed. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of that, and then I'm thinking of the story, I think it was the public sign when the person said to my <coughs> I spoke badly of someone, how do I how do I retract that bone to take the feather pillow and go outside and He'll shake it out, come back to him, did, came back to him and said, What do I do now? He said, Collect up all the feathers in place. That's the damage you have done by uh, you know, speaking to the of someone. So, does it draw all that energy back or doesn't it? You know, your, your actions have ripple effects that end the night. And, and so, there's probably a degree here. It is. That's exactly and it what it is. Your intention and right. Your, and your heartfeltness. In That's your, right. In your, uh, in your, uh, That's right. The the degree the degree of his truva is commensurate with the amount that he's able to pull that koach back. So is both. Yeah. And sometimes when it's already affected another person. Now then, to the extent that I'm able, I need to try and go to that other person and do my own tshuva. Sure. Then it's no longer in the realm of between the person and Hashem. I've got to take it between man and fellow man and, and try and gather in what I can in that way as well. Yes, Rick? Do you want uh, You quoted a He, he will get to it at the end of the mimer, which either we'll get to or, or we won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah. have the question. His, his mimer are, are longer. 
so we're not going to always get to it. But what he does is Bederich Remes. He takes this idea and shows how it's hinted to at the Pesach. We're, we're not going to always get to it. No, it's on, it's on a level that we would not assume um, directly by looking at these Pesukim. Yes, Fred? A comment, a question. It sounds to me like he's elaborating on the idea of that one is not aware of Hashem being present with us and the entire day, no matter what occurs to us, talking to himself We didn't get to it yet. Okay, He's going to talk about that in the next okay. step. Okay. Okay, next step. This is going to be about Kriya Shema Al-Hamita. Ba'achar kach hu b'chinas Kriya Shema Sha'al-Hamita Sha'az hu zaman ha'chazoras pikdono. Following Marv, we have the mitzvah saying Kriya Shema before going to bed. And this is when we return our pikadon, that which Hashem deposited with us, meaning our neshama. We turn it back up to Shemayim. As we say, afkid ruchi. In your hand, Hashem, I give over my spirit. <coughs> our soul, which were purified, meaning if we were oved Hashem, during the day and during the night time, and her, our soul becomes purified through our avodas Hashem, Olin Bahar Hashem, they rise up on the mountain of Hashem, meaning up there in Shemayim, Lihios Rolin Pene Hamelech, and they actually greet Hashem's countenance, Bechinas Yura El Elohim B'Tzion, as it says in Tehillim, to see Elohim in Zion. As it says in the Zohar, as it says in Tehillim, who will go up on the mountain of Hashem? The one who has clean palms, hands, and a pure heart. So a person who conducts himself in this way, that they're pure-hearted and they act purely during the daytime, their neshama becomes purified by their avoda 
and when they send the neshama back to Shemayim at nighttime, it actually greets Hashem, going up what's called a Har Hashem. I don't know specifically what that is, but it goes up on this mountain of Hashem in Shemayim, and there's a greeting between Hashem and our neshama because it's become purified during the day. V'zehu kasher m'sake ma'asav l'ha'alos ha'evorim u'pedorim says it really helps by davening Marav because then what we've done during the day even if we did something that was improper it's been elevated again at Marav and our neshama is restored by davening Marav and now we can go up to Shemayim and greet Hashem properly then this person's neshama can greet Hashem, the life of all the worlds, in returning his neshama back. But, yes, so this is a really nice kavana to, to be able to bring to Mara that through the Avodah Mara you're, you're giving the opportunity for your neshama during the, the aliyah to be roa at, at the yeah. <laughs> It's a nice motivation. Yes, Rob. I had the concept that if you talk about Shemara punishment was to be outside the camp, couldn't be within the camp. So when you go to sleep at night, the neshama goes up, and you spoke to the neshama, so the soul is suffering from the tzaras, so it can't come within the camp, so it prevents it from getting too close to Hashem, and tonight, but you spoke to the during the day. Okay, so it's a certain sense of isolation there, too, if one doesn't have proper tshuva. I, I hear that. He was saying that if a person spoke Lashon Hara during the day, one example, that when they send their neshama up at nighttime, it may not be able to greet HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and there's a sense of being outside of the camp. Because that's the punishment right. for Right, whereas if you do tshuva for what you've done, then when the neshama goes up in Shemaim at nighttime, it's able to be inside the camp and greet Hashem in that way. It's a nice idea. No, that was uh, something Ralph, Ralph said. No, but I'm just saying, is he, yes, is he saying that what we do in Myra, Yes. Where? How our neshama goes up. Yeah, that's definitely what he said. And he's saying that by davening Marv, and maybe we'll say even by davening Marv well, at nighttime, when a person sends their neshama up to Shemaim, it, it goes up much more pure. And then they're able to greet Hashem in that, in that way. If we don't, then we're held back from that greeting. Depending on the quality of not whether we do it or not. Well, first of all, we have to do it. <laughs> 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 then we have the words to. Like it's a little similar to what Dan was asking, but it has to start with just simply davening. And I would say there, there's some level of this accomplished just by davening. We did the mitzvah where Yodzei, so it happened. And it's greater if we're able to do it with greater quality. I've heard an implication of the words that sound like and and it was originally the shoes. 
Now we get to the morning. To awaken the dawn, the Hainu, the Hakitsa Mishnasa, the Nishade Shalavush. When we wake up, and our Lavush, our garment for our Neshama, is um, renewed, that refers to our body. As it says, New in the morning. Sorich la ora es hanakuda hatanimis asher humistater besaser hamadregos be eretz tsia vaaye. Try doing this in the morning. <laughs> when one wakes up in the morning, one must awaken their inner spark, right, which is concealed deeply in levels of great tiredness. Now he's referring to his spiritual tiredness, but I think it applies as well. In the land <laughs> in the land, In the land of being parched and tired. So immediately to wake oneself up spiritually, and to awaken that inner spark within us to reach the level of what's called my soul thirst for God. And this is then a preparation for davening. So that's, that's the next step, Fred, that you were talking about, that the, what happens at nighttime, the way we daven Maru, and then saying Kriyashma Alhamita, will affect the way we wake up the next morning. And waking up is not really the beginning. The beginning was last night when we said Marv and when we said Kriyashma Alamita. That was really the beginning. So our ability to awaken that inner spark within us to desire to serve Hashem each morning, which is a pretty tough task that we're all aware of, it depends a lot on how we did the night before, how we did Marv and how we put ourselves to sleep. That's how it's nimsha, that's how the day follows the night. So that night is a hakana for waking up. Yes. And the day, including the time from Marv, including the time uh, doing the Shema and going to sleep that's and right. being asleep. Right. That that's a preparation for our day. That's right. Now, the part about the tiredness. I mean, that's easy to be tired. I mean, you know, um, so I, I just wouldn't, I can't figure, I, I, I didn't understand that totally. He's saying that when a person wakes up, they have a responsibility to awaken their desire and their yearning to draw close to Hashem. So when we physically wake mm -hmm. up in the morning. Mm -hmm. So we just woke up. We do Modani. Well, we, we say Modani. And what we want to do is awaken our avodas Hashem. Spend an hour before they would daven, thinking about uh, contemplating their relationship with our Kaddish Baruch. So, so can we say that once we wake up and we do no, at starting doing modani and Egovasar, um, that that in itself, even though it might not be the preparation of people, the greater people long ago. But that's that's the first steps of a preparation right. from the morning. Huh? That's right. Uh, 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 sure. 
this uh, addresses a question I, I've had for some time, or it suggests a, a, an approach to a question I've had for some time. We learn that um, from Chazal that whenever we have the word Vayihi, it's it's a foreshadowing that something bad's going to happen. So I always wondered in Bracious when it says Vayi Erev, Vayi Bokeh, each day, uh, what's, what's, what's something bad that's going to happen. And just this is a thought that just occurred to me that Vayihi, uh, Erev, um, if you're going to have an, an Erev, a mixture, then you're going to have Vayihi Bokeh. Uh, then you're going, have, you're going to have, you know, problems then in the morning. There'll be some uh, something holding you back. Okay. Okay. Next step. Vehine tefila hutsaros gavoa. Tefila is for the purpose of shemai, for the purposes of God. That's the lesson of Chazal. Tsaros gavoa for higher purposes, and that means to say that when we daven, we're really having. Hashem in mind, when we're really escaping our own needs and paying attention to what's called the the galus hashchina, davening for our kaddish baruch so to speak. Who al derech shemugur b'svarim kedoshim b'shem abal shem tov hakaddish b'fusiyagin aleinu, as it is explained in some of our svarim hakedoshim in the name of the Baal Shem, from the chachamim ein omdim lehispalo elamitoch kovid rosh. We had that weeks ago. One should not daven except out of COVID Rosh. And Adar Chapshat, that means to be serious. A person has to have a focus and a seriousness about their tefillah. COVID Rosh. So the Baal Shem learned Shapirish Hu, Sheikar Bakosha Sarachamim Bi Tefillah, Sorech Lihiyos Al HaKoved Shevarosh, Shehu Hashchina. Hakadosha. The Bashem says the Iker Rachami, compassion, that we seek out in davening is for the sake of the Shechina. We're davening for compassion, Laman HaShechina, and the Kovid Rosh refers to the Shechina. Literally, it's the heaviness of one's head, but it means the concentration of the Shechina that rests upon one's, one's head. That's where the Shechina rests. That's also one of the reasons we wear a yarmulke, because it's for the covered HaShechina, which rests at the Rosh. So davening out of COVID Rosh means davening for the sake of the Shechina, which rests upon our head, primarily. of Kalani Miroshi. I'm sorry, I don't know the exact drusha there of Kalani Miroshi in Sanhedrin. Ki losar said, whenever the Jewish people have uh, suffering, Hashem has suffering. We went into exile, into Edom, the Shechina went into exile. Wherever we are, the Shechina goes with us. We have Tsar, the Shechina has Tsar. So we want a Davin to release the Shechina from its Tsar. Vazet Sorich Lihios Iker Habakasha Bitfila. And this is really one's primary uh, request in davening is for the sake of the Shechina. We are secondary. The Shechina is primary. Now, this is an, an, a very interesting thing here. How can you tell if when you daven 
if we daven for the sake of the Shekhinah or not. How can you tell? Hu kasher ha'adam nitzrach le'eza ba'kasha v'nismale mevukasha. It goes like this. If we need something, physically we have some need in the world, and our request for it is fulfilled. God gives us what we wanted, what we asked for. Nechashat ve'enav ligamilas chesed. We consider that, that God did a kindness for me. He did a chesed for me. Shehabore barachu gamal chastalima that God gave this to me out of his kindness, not because I daven for it. And we're not supposed to do that. A person davens for something and they get it, we're not supposed to say, Hashem gave this to me because I daven for it. The That's davening why. works. Right, my davening works. We're not supposed to say that. We say, rather, Hashem did a kindness for me. He did an act of chesed for me. And if a person thinks along those lines, then we can be more sure that we're davening for the sake of the Shechina, not davening for the sake of ourselves. But if it didn't work, can we at least say God might feel it didn't work? Kevin shelo kivein bitfilaso avor hanitzruch lo. If one didn't have themselves in mind, but has had God in mind, the Shechina, then certainly, if we get this particular need, we have to look at it as an act of kindness from Hashem. Rak avord soruch gavoa, we daven for the sake of the shechina above. Now that's the the concept that he uh, concludes here, and then the rest of it is learning it out of the psuki. So I can run through it a little bit. Yes, Dan, please. Isn't there an end when certain things happen to us? <coughs> I, I mean, I've heard it said before this has happened because Hashem wants you to heal us. Does that not contradict what we're just? The idea is this. It doesn't mean that we don't um, ask for our needs. Because that's part of what davening is, and that's part of what relating to Hashem is, and we are supposed to ask for, for our needs. But what it means is that we, we have to have a higher uh, perspective on our bar kosha, which is that if I have such a need, and if Paul Yisrael has such a need, then the Shechina HaKadosha has this need, and it's even greater than all of ours. It's the higher level of the tefillah. So it, it doesn't say reject or dismiss our needs, but put it in perspective. Uh, whatever we are feeling lacking, the Shechina feels it even more so. And daven for that, primarily. And then our personal needs come second to that. <coughs> The madrega. It's a big madrega. Madrega. So things that are lacking in the shina are reflected in our lives. Right. Both personally and collectively, as Klal Yisrael. And if there's some kind of tsar that we're experiencing, either as a yafet or as a klal, then we can be sure the shina is experiencing it as well, and even greater than we are. That's the idea of being mispalo for the Tsar Hashkina, for the Gavos Hashkina. Yes, yes. Uh, it really isn't proper to think of the Shekhina as being an individual, I have a Shekhina that's relating to me. Is that correct? Or not? Well, 
not an individual in that we're like separating out, you know, a piece of Hashem, which is not, which is Avodazur, but that Hashem's presence rests with everybody, rests with me, rests with you, rests with all of us. And Hashem's presence does rest on Yafet. There is a, we'll say, an aspect of the Shechina, being careful with our language, that rests on the individual too. And that's, what that is, is that's God's personal relationship with you. That's the Shechina that's with you. Yes. This is an extremely lofty idea. It is. Um, it sounds like it's also illuminating the nature of our relationship with the Hashbara. Just like with our um, spouses, our family members who we have great deal of love for and frequently we will put their needs before our personal needs because because of how deeply we feel for them. He's saying the same thing about our relationship with the coach for that we have. Yeah, that, that really is the, the, the real sort of and ours trickle down from there for the secondary to that. <coughs> So in terms of looking at in the Pesukim, Rick, another time. <laughs> but we can say that he does find a remiss to this in the Pesukim of Be'er Lachairo. 